Welcome to the Broadband Bunch, a podcast about broadband and how it impacts all of us. Join us to learn about the state of the industry and the latest innovations and trends. Connect with the thought leaders, pioneers, and policymakers helping to shape your future through broadband. Join us on Facebook at the Broadband Bunch to see the latest episodes, news, and photos. The Broadband Bunch, as always, sponsored by ETI Software. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Broadband Bunch. Today we speak with Chris Medley. He's the general manager of Connexity. It's a wireless integration and small cell service company. Uh, Chris helps us understand the issues around dense networks in the New York City metro area. Uh, he helps us also understand some of the hype and reality around 5G, some things for us to think about that. Uh, we talk a little bit about the impact of COVID on networks, as well as helping municipalities and communities think about the potential of smart cities and smart city capabilities sooner than later. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Broadband Bunch. My name is Pete Pizzatello and I am joined today by Chris Smedley from uh, Connexity. He's the general manager. Chris, uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, thank you for having me, Pete. Yeah, I want to say you, uh, you know, as we learn more about your business, you guys are in, uh, not ground zero, but pretty close to it in uh, the New York City area. Um, how's everybody holding up on your organization and uh, your customers? Uh, you know, I, I, overall doing well. I mean, you know, we've obviously with the pandemic virus uh, happening in New York City, you know, we've kind of had the ability to have everybody from a business continuity plan work from home, everybody safe and sound. And, you know, it's kind of business as usual for us, uh, still working very closely with the local government agencies that help us to continue to build these, uh, to build this 5G infrastructure within New York City and New Jersey. So everything's been status quo for now, although, you know, just getting too, used to a different work environment of, of, of a work from home policy. But other than that, things have been pretty much status quo for us. Yeah, it's interesting because I do think the industry that we're in is, is um, now can elevate it to essential, right? Essential infrastructure, critical capacity, your capability. Um, and it's it's great that um, you all are situated to be able to help those folks because I, I can imagine the demand increases as well as the support calls, maintenance calls uh, have to be challenging to be able to um, navigate and support folks uh, remotely, you know, not being able to send trucks out to certain places. You know, so there's a lot of folks in the industry who are trying to figure it out and are doing a great job in figuring it out. So thank you for that support. What we wanted to talk to you today about, though, is around, just as you mentioned, around 5G. There's a lot of hype around 5G um, for many years. We're kind of in the tail end talking about the other kinds of Gs. Um, and, uh, you know, what I like to do is kind of cut through that, that noise and, and help us understand what, from your perspective um, in dealing with the markets that you're dealing with. But what's the most misunderstood aspect that you see um, that people should be thinking about differently uh, around 5G and, and this wave of technology? 
You know, I, I think a lot of the questions that I get, like when I talk to, uh, you know, either customers or just people in general is, you know, with all this hype around 5G, the biggest question is, when is it going to be available? Like we're hearing all these things about it and all these capabilities and how it's going to change lives. I think the biggest thing is, when is it going to going to be available? And that's the biggest question. Like, uh, you know, like we're in we're in the stages of building the infrastructure, at least within New York and New Jersey to be able to deliver that capability. But, you know, beyond that, I think people are kind of just very excited about it because all of the marketing hype around it. So, you know, I, I think giving a proposed date of when this is going to happen is kind of uh, a little misleading to both the consumer and commercially viable folks who are managing buildings that want all this technology infrastructure within their building structures. So, you know, I, I think that's the biggest challenge is just understanding when will this be ready? When is this gonna, when is this gonna be available to us? You know, and, and I think from a build infrastructure perspective, um, you know, we're a little ways out. Like I think, you know, what I hear in a lot of technology forums that we talk about these things are, you know, we're kind of in the, the first three innings of the nine inning game. And, you know, we're, get, we're, we're going through innings as quickly as we possibly can, although no determined date. Uh, but, you know, I'm going to say like in the, in the near to close future, like this should be available to consumers and to, and, and to other, you know, end user folks who will have the capability of, of, of enjoying the technology that could possibly change the way people do business, people live their lives. So uh, I would say, you know, it, we're, 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 you know, we're in the beginning stages, but we're going through the innings faster than we were in the beginning. Gotcha. And then I think it also, the, that answer to that question may depend on the flavor of 5G, right? You got some, some of the tier one providers are talking about already having 5G deployed nationwide, other folks that are looking at pilot cities, you know, maybe you can just help us understand the, the, the kind of two flavors or interpretations of 5G. I think when, when you hear people say that they have 5G capability, I think it's of the very minute factors of 5G. And it's really, it's more of we have infrastructure that can support 5G than you being enabling to utilize the 5G infrastructure. So I think, you know, I, I think you see a lot of these trials going on where, you know, end user, they have a certain amount of end users that have certain capabilities of 5G, but it's not the full, it would, it's not the full suite of services, but I think they're in just a lot of testing modes. I think a lot of these uh, mobile network providers that tell you that they're 5G capable, I think it's more of very small infantile type capabilities of 5G and more so that we have the infrastructure of 5G available, but not the actual service. I think it's dependent on where you're looking and, and the area of the country. Um, like I said, I know that Verizon Wireless is doing trials in certain areas. I know T-Mobile touts 5G network-wide. I think that's more of the infrastructure is there, but the actual service itself is not there yet. Right. No, I, and I think that's a really important distinction is kind of pull that story apart because there's a lot of claims being made, but not, not a lot of reality in terms of access to that to the services. Um, so thanks for that. The, um, you know, so you guys have been in this market for a while and, and the complexion is changing, right? As we mentioned, COVID is going to change that moving forward. 5G over the last 18 months, two years has, has changed it. You know, what, what kind of evolution have you seen and, and maybe take a look forward and how you see that evolving further with the current crisis? Connexity 
is a is a full service wireless integration company. So uh, primarily, our start was in the fiber distribution business, both on inside buildings and outside buildings of engineering and construction these fiber plants. And then over the last couple of years, we've been heavily involved in the wireless 5G infrastructure dense network area, meaning that we've been engineering, uh, designing, planning, constructing, and maintaining uh, those these networks throughout New York and New Jersey. As of now, as of today, our business has not slowed down, even with the current pandemic that's in effect now. Um, once again, you know, all the government municipalities that we work with are still operating, uh, still giving us the ability to construct. And I think a lot of that, you know, is because I think these municipalities and even the federal government, I think they understand that this is a needed environment for people in particular of this situation to be able to conduct business and live lives and do those things. So having that dense infrastructure up and available is so critically important through these times uh, that I even think even after this, there'll be even more of a push to get all this infrastructure in it and, and get it installed and get it up and maintained so that these mobile network operators can deliver this 5G service to make this, to, 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 just to make these, situ, these crisis situations a little bit more uh, available so people can live their lives as normal although you know, very abnormal in the fact that some of the situation we're in, but we'll give them the ability to live life a little bit more normally and businesses to be able to operate a little more clearly. Yeah, I think you're right. I think um, the situation will not slow down the pace, but part of what we talked about before is industry being um, a technology forward thinking and really you know, technologists and pushing the technology to promote potential capability. There hasn't been, um, as much of an appetite on the consumer side, right? So what I'm saying is the push, pushing this kind of potential to the market and having the market ready to accept it have been a bit misaligned, right? And so in this situation where uh, schools and hospitals and even work from home folks weren't ready for it, right? So we're all kind of thrashing around to figure that out. And, and so while the demand is going to increase, I think it's going to be different, right? So you guys service commercial buildings as well as kind of MDUs and, and larger, larger buildings with residential buildings. Our uh, main focus is always on mobile network operators, in-building commercialized buildings, in-building residential buildings. That's the target, the vertical that we support here in New York and New Jersey, yes. Right. So we're noticing with remote working or teleworking, is, you know, instead of having a T1 running to a commercial building, an office building where you have access, now you have all these people dislocated that don't have the same infrastructure in place, um, but they have the same demand, right? So now you're, you know, it's going to be an interesting opportunity for you all to see how do you help residential owners of buildings understand, you know, that they need to plan for this capacity rather than just, you know, a nice to have having broadband as kind of a rental requirement. Now we're an enterprise grade requirement. Does that make sense? Yes, no doubt about it. I think after this crisis is over, I think what we need to be prepared for, just as an industry, in particular Connexity, is just to have the way with all to be able to explain to these building owners that this is almost like another utility. Right. It's really a must-have. And I think, I, I think people are going to see that more and more and more after we get through this crisis, current crisis we're in now, is that, you know, hey, I need to have every 
bit of bandwidth, every bit of remote wireless capability. Because listen, the other piece of this is nobody wants to have all these cables and all these other things within their space, right? They just want to be able to get on their cell phone and be able to do the things that they do that they that they did in the office or be able to do at you know in other locations that they conduct business in and be able to do this at home i think it's extremely important and i think the bigger the bigger eye opener is all this remote schooling that's going on right now like i have younger children at home and you know some schools are prepared some school districts where i live are prepared some aren't prepared so i think this will give even more of a push to get this technology built and online and usable for the consumer sooner than we probably all imagine, because I think people are going to demand it now. Yeah, I agree. I think you're right. We finally got that alignment there. And, and great point about the, the distance and remote learning. Um, all right. So, you know, the organizations or the communities that you're dealing with, um, They've been thinking about broadband for a while, and it, in some cases, it's been a nice to have, right? Trying to find the the cost of value justification, and you know, to go to your point that it's just it, broadband is really another utility, and I think what will actually become clearer in in the coming months is that broadband is really the lifeblood of our global economy, right? You know, people that can manage to run businesses digitally are the ones that are going to excel or survive this situation. So. How do you help, you know, what's your advice to communities that are now moving past, you know, the nice to have to start the stark realization that they need to have this and in their early stages, they haven't really built out networks yet, but they're, they're in that, that planning process or conversation process, you know, how, how should they be thinking about this now? You know, I, I think, honestly, I think they should be pushing, you know, their local governments or, you know, at Minable, you know, the mobile network operators that they get their service from today and say, hey, look, you know, like, we really need to, I, I, you know, we really need to get more of a technology presence in our communities today. And whether that's a high-rise commercial building or a high-rise residential building or smart cities is always, you know, it, it is becoming a very large product out there. People want to have the ability to walk around towns and be able to have, you know, high streaming internet access and be able to do online shopping and all those other things. Like, I think, you know, these, I, I think what we'll wind up seeing is all these building owners and these building management companies and these community leaders are going to start to develop more of a of a a, a technology type uh roadmap and people who support that internally to kind of push that rock along to make sure that they can get the technologies that they need that they have in their office building in their community. So I think you're going to see a lot. Uh, once again, I think you'll see a lot more of this push because I think with this pandemic and the situation and the crisis that this country is in right now, they're starting to realize, hey, look, I need to have the ability to do what I used to do outside of my house, inside of my house. So I, I think we're going to see more and more and more, Peter, of that push and going to the to, to the right people within your building, within your community, within your, you know, within your commercial office building, because that's what we're seeing more and more. We're starting to get more inquiries from commercial management companies and building ownership to say, how do I get this technology in my building? A lot of these building owners, 
don't understand how important this really, really is. And I think they're starting to realize that now. Well, that's a great point. I mean, you mentioned um, the smart cities, right? And if you look at some of the capabilities that we've been painting around smart cities for years, around remote monitoring, remote assistance, or emergency communication, whereas a community, instead of having the uh, flashes on your phone or you know, the horns in the distance, being able to tell people what's going on, right? Or be able to monitor fire, dampness, other kinds of conditions from a utilities perspective. And even, you know, one of the, I think in this situation as a person that's somewhat mentally healthy, um, you know, being stuck in your house for so long, um, there's some isolation issues, right? So you can imagine what senior isolation is or mental health isolation, you know? So the smart cities of, you know, understanding when your trash can's full and, and that kind of stuff is interesting, but there's a certain much more tangible personal connection that I think is coming to focus because of the situation. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. I mean, Peter, even if you look at the current situation we're in, right, and look at all this video conferencing and everything that people are doing to make sure that they're in touch with their families, you know, the local phone call just doesn't, is, is, is becoming non-existent. It's, it's evolving into video conferencing and, you know, doing and, and make sure there's there's face-to-face -face recognition between people, right? I mean, uh, even the texting, like that's going to start to go away. Like I see more and more people in particular in this crisis because they have no choice, right? Is more video demand type of applications and those types of things. So even more so, that's even more of a benefit to push this technology, not only to the, the mass dense markets, but to the rural places of America as well, to make sure that those folks all have these capabilities because it's becoming more and more prevalent. Like, you know, like I said, you know, these devices, these end user devices, these cell phones have become more and more powerful. Every new phone that comes out has more and more capability on it. And, you know, at the end of the day, they need bandwidth to do that, which this 5G technology is going to give them the ability to do the things that they really want to do. So, yeah, thank you for helping us understand um, what you're seeing in that market. Um, I think it's we're all looking to the major cities to understand um, the ripple effect, right? I mean, I think that there's the, the stimulus money that's coming in. It's a little bit unclear about what money's in there, what's not in there, and how that's going to flow down. And, you know, to match the demand and awareness for broadband as a utility and the importance of it, uh, we still need to figure out how to pay for it, right? And so um, I don't know if you have any views on how funding's gonna change or private-public partnerships um, maybe help us get there faster. Uh, you know, I think you'll see more private funding, uh, more engaged in the ability to get more involved in this, in the companies that are, you know, evolving this technology and evolving in the infrastructure and you'll see a lot more investment. I mean, I'll tell you, you know, just a point from before of some of our conversation. I know that the city of New York has identified all the different companies that are supporting a lot of these MNOs and building owners in these technologies to make sure that they have the ability uh, not to shut down and not and to continue to be able to support uh, the technology and making sure it's available to people because they are starting to, they're understanding the importance of the broadband technology to make sure that it's available to people because 
you know, once again, being in the situation that we're in, we need to make sure that infrastructure is up and available to the end user. Connexity and a bunch of other uh, sister companies of ours, Enfi and, and, and whatnot, all have special dispensation to travel about and conduct work as business as usual to make sure that this infrastructure is available and, and operational and up and running so that and users have the ability to use it because it's vital right now to kind to, to kind of live your life being inside all the time. So um, I, I think I think what we're seeing is the larger cities that have more dense population are starting to understand more that this is more of a utility and needs to they need to ensure uh, the infrastructure is operational and available. Right. No, I totally agree. I think it's a really interesting and scary and exciting and uh, challenging time for the industry. Um, so it's, uh, looking forward to lessons learned maybe we can get on a phone call in, in uh, another podcast in, in a couple of months, once we kind of come out the other side to see what, what best practices are, are bubbling up from all this effort. And, uh, just real quick. So how can, how can folks learn more about you and, and Connexity? Uh, yeah, Pete, you can, uh, you can get in touch with us at our website at www.connexity.com. Uh, you can contact me directly at csmedley at connexity.com. Um, either one of those mechanisms will be able to uh, be able to get back to you and kind of uh, give you more details on our services and solutions. Great. I appreciate it. And we've been uh, catching up with Chris Medley, the general manager of Connexity. He's been uh, sharing some insight into the dense networks in New York City Metro and the latest uh, support that they've been giving to that area during this crisis, as well as some of the uh, journey that we've seen for the past few years. So. Chris, I really appreciate you joining us today and and good luck and stay safe. Thanks for your time. Thank you again, Peter. And I I appreciate all that you do for the industry. I mean, having, you know, having podcasts like this are important to get the message out. And, you know, once again, I appreciate the time and I appreciate the opportunity and also uh, stay safe. Thanks, Chris. Take care and be safe. man.